Uh, I don't know. You have to have a favorite. What comes to mind? Um, Halloween. You know, the one with the guy in the white mask who walks around and stalks babysitters? Yeah. What's yours? Guess. That's impossible. <laughs> of all time? Oh my goodness me, that's extremely difficult. I don't know, it's a very, it's a very hard question. Oh. Well, I have to say, I think Network is. Network is one of my favorite films of all time. I think Paddy Chayefsky was a genius. I think what he wrote about in 1976 at the time was just a comedy and everything he wrote about came true. I like that movie. I think that might be my favorite. Well, my fa I can tell you my favorite comedy is Young Frankenstein. Give my creation life! And my favorite sci-fi is Blade Runner. All About Eve is one of my favorites of all time. Fasten your seatbelts. It's going to be a bumpy night. I went through a moment in high school where I, I did see American Beauty, like, I want to say at least 20, 25 really? times. I wish things would have been better for you. Take care of Dad. Hello, and welcome to another wonderful episode of Chuck Goes to the Movies, where we talk about different films and filmmakers that have impacted our lives and influenced our love for movies. But today, we're not going to focus in on just one movie. We're going to be talking about movies in general, or directors in general, or actors and actresses in general. It's just going to be a general conversation, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Robert is joining me on this one. Robert, how are you doing? I am well. How are you doing? I'm doing pretty well. It's a beautiful day here, the day off, and I've just basically been doing nothing all day, so it's nice. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Playing with my dog. Thor. Yep, Thor. So today you requested that we kind of step away from our normal uh, gig and not talk about a movie in general, but just kind of have... A fun little talk about a movies. general movie topic. Yeah. Yeah. And we kind of threw around the idea of talking about top movies of our lists, you know, movies from different genres and stuff like that. I don't want to sit there and break it down to every single genre. So I would say, Robert, are you ready for your question? Your first question? Oh, yeah. My question. Yeah. What's my question? Well, your question is going to launch us into what will hopefully be the rest of an absolutely amazing episode. What is your list, your top five favorite movies of all time. So top five can change on the regular because I just love movies so much and I watch a movie. I'm like, that's in my top five. <laughs> watch another movie. That's in my top five. I can agree watch with that. Movie. That's in my, well, I, I, can't, I can't have that many in my top five. <laughs> well, then what is your so, current top five? Current top. Okay. So number one, Shawshank Redemption. Okay, knew that. I think that movie is probably one of the best well-made movies ever. Mm -hmm. um, just from beginning to end, the actors are phenomenal in it. The the writing, um, just everything about it is awesome. Um, number two would probably be um, Empire Strikes Back. Oh wow! Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I love Empire Strikes Back. That's the that's the Star Wars movie I could just turn on and watch anytime. Um, three. Would probably be Fifth Element. I love the Fifth Element. I think that's on our, 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 our on our movie list. Yes, it is. Uh, four, <clears throat> honestly, would probably be Zombieland. 
Oh, my There's something goodness. about that movie. All right. Yeah, I know. It's weird. It's not going to be on many people's top five, but just for some reason, the first time I, I remember going to the theater and watching it, I didn't know what it was about. Uh, of course, zombies, but I didn't know the like if it was going to be a serious movie or what. I just I was uh, with a, a friend and she's like, hey, let's go see zombie land. I was like, oh, OK, so we went and I I don't know if I ever laughed that hard in a movie theater ever. <laughs> it was just so funny. Just so much about it just cracks me up. And it's a movie that I can just sit down and watch anytime and laugh my butt off. OK, that's fair. assessment. <clears throat> Four. Four. I mean, I'm sorry. Number five goes back and forth all the time. Um, I could say True Lies. We've done that movie. I love that movie. I could say Thor Ragnarok because that movie is hilarious. Um, there's it, it, it varies from time to time, but right now we we'll just go with True Lies. Okay, okay, I like that. That's that's a very that's a very varied list. You kind of went across a lot of genres there. And that's the thing. I love movies so much. I, I don't want to just like watch the same kind of movie every time I watch a movie. No, no, absolutely not. And of course, like you said, that list can change at any time. Uh, just depending right. on how, what how things are going. So like my, I, I was struggling with that too. So you know, I, when we decided that we were going to have this type of conversation, I was actually sitting down, like trying to make a list of like what the hell is going to be. I, I was even just saying top ten. Like I couldn't even name ten movies that I wanted to put in my top ten yeah. list because I'm just like, I love movies, but then you know I have to narrow it down because there are movies that I do sit there and no matter what I am doing, I will watch them. I love them and they're just absolutely amazing. I'm gonna to have to say though right. all of them except for one come from the nineties. So there's only one that came from the two thousands that made my top five list. And it's actually my number one movie of all time. And we all know it's Ocean's Eleven. Ocean's Eleven. Yes. I love, love Love that movie. I almost thought about like just saying the Oceans trilogy, but Oceans Eleven is my favorite out of the three, so it's going to just get its own billing. Well, every movie that you and I have reviewed, besides Oceans Eleven, has been from the nineties. I know. I thought about that the other day. <laughs> uh, aside from Oceans Eleven, uh, that is that's the only one that Which wasn't from the nineties. Like what two thousand one? So it's it's pretty close to the nineties. It's close, but it, it can't be lumped in, unfortunately. But the rest of my list comes from the nineties. So my number two pick would have to be Apollo 13. I was just re-watching that movie yesterday. I think we're doing that next, aren't we? Yes, that's coming up. That is actually our next one. Ah, you are right. Hey! Um, my number three movie. This one was a tough one, because now I'm starting... I knew number... Uh, I knew Ocean's Eleven was my number one. I knew Apollo 13 was my number two. Those don't ever change, because those are just my two favorite yeah. movies of all time. But here's where things have changed. Uh, these... The Out of the three remaining of my top five, two of them have always been there, but they will change on the list quite frequently. The order? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, currently I have a number three, Event Horizon. Okay, yeah, oh yeah, I know you love Oh my gosh, I love that movie. I There was a period where I think I watched it like every day for a month, because that's just how much I love it. I haven't watched it in a while, now that I think about it, but... um. It is a great movie. Um, I think about it quite often. And if I am flipping through TV and it's on, which it's never on TV, so I don't ever really have to think about that, I would stop and watch it. Um, number four. This one was a tough one for me. Tombstone. See, that is it in my top five a lot. And I don't know how it gets taken out of my top five, but somehow I do. Because I love that movie. It's I, Out of all the movies in my top five, it's what I call my epic movie because I just I love yeah. 
this movie and it's it's so long i call it just a western epic um yeah now for the number five position i actually have two movies that have been interchanging out of it lately so i'm going to go ahead and list them both and one can i guess be considered an honorable mention so i have the big lebowski because you know i just rediscovered rediscovered this movie what was this uh, a couple right. of months ago for when i did it for an episode and i just i love this movie it's fantastic um and it's just something now I find myself quoting and thinking about quite often. And then in that same light, I also... So this would be another movie from the 2000s that would potentially make the list. So sharing the number five spot is The Hateful Eight. Okay. And I, I we've talked about this too. I, I know this is not one of Quentin Tarantino's uh, most popular movies amongst his fans, but it's my favorite out of all the ones he's done. See, I need I need to go back and rewatch that movie. I haven't watched it in a long time. Um, but I mean, if we're talking about Tarantino, to me, his best movie is Pulp Fiction. I and see, it's tough. It's tough because you know, with Tarantino, it's really hard to narrow down what's going to be your favorite out of all of his movies. I can it sit is, there and say what I, I don't like out of his movies. You know, I don't like right. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. I've I've tried to give it another chance, and I made it about halfway <laughs> through the movie, and all I did was fast forward to the end, which I thought was the best part of the movie. It is the best part, especially when he gets a flame. Yes, uh, <laughs> I don't like Kill Bill One. I love really? Kill Bill Two, but I'm not a fan of Kill Bill huh. One. It was the style so of the movie. Not like how it is set up. No, it's the it's the style yeah, of I mean, the movie. Kill Bill. Okay, because Kill Bill One. Was setting everything up for Kill Bill too. Yes, so I, I appreciate the story. It's the way he decided to shoot the film, the mixture of anime and all this other stuff. He was, I don't, I think he was like experimenting with this movie, right? And I think Kill Bill Two, I liked it a lot more because it felt more like an actual movie. He, he wasn't switching shooting styles and things like that throughout the entire film. So um, that's why I just. I've never really been. A, I'll watch Kill Bill one, but I prefer Kill Bill two. Um, yeah. And then another movie of his that I just I've, I'll watch it. I get it. I like it. But it's not going to enter. If we were doing a top five Quentin Tarantino list right now, it definitely would nowhere be nowhere near this. I'm not a huge fan of Reservoir Dogs. Really? See, I love Reservoir Dogs. I think it's a really good movie. I'll, like I guess, like I said, I'll watch it if it's on. You know, things like that. And it's got some good dialogue in it and things like that. But that was towards the beginning of his career. And I don't think he had right. quite found his pacing yet. Pulp Fiction was definitely where he found it. Yeah, because Pulp Fiction was uh, right after Reservoir Dogs. That, that was the next movie he did, correct? Yeah. I can appreciate what uh, what Reservoir Dogs was. But it's just, again, not going to be my favorite. So I, I know we're not talking about Quentin Tarantino altogether. But I just... Uh, hatefully is just no, my... Movies, yeah. So. Quentin Tarantino is part of movies. He is. He's a huge <laughs> part of movies. He's left such a tremendous mark on Hollywood. Um, but uh, the Hateful Eight, it just it. I, I love everything about it, despite the fact that the story was ruined when it was leaked and everything like that. It just, um, yeah. I love the little twists in it. I love the turns and the dialogue. I just. That dialogue in it just absolutely floors me every time. I love just listening to it. all these characters are doing are sitting around for three and a half hours chatting. Yeah, just talking. Yeah. But it's like it, I never get bored listening to the conversation, no matter how many times I've heard 
or watched this movie. It's just, right. it keeps me captured. And I love the extended edition on Netflix even better. There's more oh, dialogue. There's more. Uh, and I heard that supposedly in the works is an extended release of Inglorious Bastards, which would be amazing. Oh, really? Yes. If he did an extended release of Inglorious Bastards, like an extended recut, it would probably quite easily, depending on how like how good all that extra footage is, quite easily right. take the number one spot. Because I love hmm. me some Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, that's a good movie. So, like, for so for Tarantino, uh, boy, I cannot say his name today. Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> Quentin Tarantino. Uh, my top five would be Hateful Eight, Inglorious Bastards, Django Unchained. Um, Django's, I, Jan- I like Django Django's amazing. It's the only Leonardo DiCaprio <laughs> I film love, that I, I love absolutely when he, love. He comes, <laughs> I love when Jamie Foxx comes over and that girl's like, you chose to wear that? <laughs> <laughs> He's all proud of his suit that he bought. You chose to wear that? Hey, I mean, that's a cool looking suit, man. Um, yeah. Uh, Kill Bill Two would be in the number four spot, and then Pulp Fiction would be number five for me. So I know Quentin Tarantino fans who are listening to me are probably having little mini heart attacks right now that I have Pulp Fiction so low <laughs> on that list. But hey, at least it's on the top five, people. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. I like Pulp Fiction a lot. It's a good movie. Uh, it, the reason Pulp Fiction doesn't really. Again, I love it. I watch it. It's a great movie, but the second act of the movie is where I usually get bored with it. Really? Yeah, I just... I I don't know what it is. It's just like, I love the whole beginning of the movie. I love it. And it just reaches this point. I can almost pinpoint exactly where I'm just like, okay, I've seen enough. Checking out? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And it's usually right after... Uh, Uma Thurman ODs. And that's it. See, I had a feeling you're going to say that too. <laughs> as soon as as soon as she ODs and is brought back, I'm like the excitement just kind of yeah, yeah like I'm just kind of goes I'm out over. after that. <laughs> that film pretty much relaunched uh, John Travolta's career too. Ain't that the truth? All of a sudden he started appearing yep. in everything after that. Yep. In fact, he was a uh... Up for the role of Forrest Gump, believe it or not. I'm so glad that Tom Hanks did that role, not John Travolta. Yeah, and he turned it down, and he did uh, Pulp Fiction instead. Smart move for him. I mean, yeah, no, Tom yeah, Hanks went on to that, get the Oscar for it, but right. I, I don't, I don't, I don't see John Travolta as Forrest Gump at all. No, not. At- I mean, I know how we we've talked about this many times. Where, of course, if he played. Forrest Gump, you wouldn't be able to see anybody else playing it, but in this scenario, no. (laughs) Not John Travolta. I do not see John Travolta playing Forrest Gump. Yeah, I I really feel like that role was more suited for a personality like like Tom Hanks. And it's funny how things work like that, because Tom Hanks was actually up for the role of Andy Dufresne in Shawshank Redemption, but turned it down to do Forrest Gump, which brought in Tim Robbins to do Shawshank Redemption, so it worked out well for everybody. Because, like we, like I said earlier, like we've said many times, it's hard to say somebody would do better in a role than somebody else because that's who you see as the role. But Andy Dufresne, Tim Robbins was a perfect match. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. He had that air of innocence to him, but as but he also 
kind of stood his own ground, was a little bit, um, I'm not going to say dominant in his nature, but he was able to kind of, he had a presence. Tim Robbins just has this presence when, in almost any role he does. He's just got this way about him, and I think it was perfect for that character of Andy Dufresne. Whereas Tom Hanks, he could have pulled off like the innocent part of the whole character. But I really feel like Tom Hanks also has a look about him that is too innocent. Could you Can you picture Tom Hanks in a prison movie where he's not the guard? No, not exactly. at all. You have a hard time almost picturing Tim Robbins in a prison movie, but he's also got this look on his face. He's innocent, but he's got this kind of like sinister, not look, but uh, I don't know how to describe it. I don't know where I'm going with this. No, he he had the, he had the, I know exactly what you're talking about. I'm about saying, come on, um, I don't like think vibe Tom with Hanks me would here. have that. <laughs> I don't think Tom Hanks would have that same, um, presence as Andy Dufresne, I mean, as uh, Tim Roberts had in that movie. Just like... Because when I say, like, I love, to, I love Tom Hanks. He's one of my, he's probably one of my top five actors ever. Agreed. But when I see a movie with Tom Hanks in it, I think of Tom Hanks. Yeah, yeah. I think this is Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks has that, that ex- distinct voice. So even when I saw him as Mr. Rogers, he still kind of had that distinct voice. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to see him playing like an uh, uh, actual person because he's Tom Hanks, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So like in... Uh, Captain Phillips, I don't know who Captain Phillips was, so that was different. Um, <clears throat> him playing Jim Lovell in uh, Apollo 13, that's Tom Hanks. You know, I don't think of Jim Lovell or any of that other stuff. Um, so it's just, it's, 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 it's just the way Tom Hanks is and that distinct voice and the way he acts. It's, it's hard for him to do other roles. I'm not saying he's not great in what he's done because he is phenomenal in every single movie he's ever done. I don't even know a bad Tom Hanks movie, honestly. But it's just, I don't know, I just, the any, uh, Tim Robbins had this distinct, uh, what's it, aura about him, I guess? <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. I don't know if that's the right word, but he he, I, he pulled it off, he, he really pulled it off, and I, I really don't think Tom Hanks would have. No, okay, I can agree with that, absolutely. But then again, at the same time, I don't know, I don't think anybody would have pulled off uh, Forrest Gump the way Tom Hanks did either. No, no, not at all. Especially when you think uh, John Travolta was once in the mix to do that. I couldn't imagine John Travolta going around using that southern accent and stuff like that, and bringing. I can't imagine John Travolta bringing the humor to it to the role like right. Tom Hanks I, did. I, I can't either. I mean, Tra- yeah. John Travolta's and a he'd decent have to actor. Really thin down too. John Travolta's kind of a bigger guy, so he'd have really had to thin down for that role too. Yeah, yeah. I, Certain actors are made to play certain roles, and I really feel like between those three movies, if we're talking about those, um, each each actor ended up in the role. <clears throat> excuse me, in the role that they needed to be in. Right. Um, you know, it's funny that you mentioned uh, Tom Hanks and Apollo thirteen. I know we're going to be talking about that, so a little sneak preview into that conversation. Tom Hanks was not the first choice for Jim Lovell. Really, who was? I already forgot. <laughs> I don't have my notes well, in front of me, to, <laughs> but I just I know he was play not. A, a little fun game right now. Oh, ooh, so, yeah, game, do it. So, actors who have turned down major roles. All right, Matt Damon turned down the role of Harvey Dent in The Dark Knight. Good. Yeah, Aaron Eckhart did a really good job of that. Aaron Eckhart is an underrated actor. I wish Hollywood oh, no, would give him more, show him more appreciation. 
Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio turned down Dirk Diggler in Boogie Nights. That went to Mark Wahlberg. Mark Wahlberg was perfect in that role. So Mark Wahlberg, to me, I know we've had this discussion before, but he's an underrated actor. He is an underrated actor. From from where he came from, being Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch in the 90s and being this little rebel and a troublemaker to where he is now is a complete 180. And he is a really good actor. Every every movie that he's ever done, I can't say, well, okay, Transformers did suck. Yeah. But, <laughs> but for the most part, every movie he's done, I've enjoyed and I'll, I'll watch because Mark Wahlberg's in it. I'll watch a movie because Mark Wahlberg's in it. That's when you know you're a good actor is when somebody will watch a movie just because the actor's in it. Yeah, that's that's how I feel about uh, The Departed, speaking of Mark Wahlberg. He's the reason I actually like that movie, despite all the amazing talent that is spread out in that movie. Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Leonardo DiCaprio. Well, I don't like him, but I love Mark Wahlberg in that movie. I feel like Mark Wahlberg makes that movie. But that's just my See, opinion. See, it's funny to me. You just said you don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. But I like I like a lot of Leonardo DiCaprio movies, and I just don't know. I don't know if it's him. I've never like him. liked Leonardo DiCaprio. There's just something about him that I've never liked. I don't know what it he's is. Smug. I like some of his movies. Yeah, I don't know what he it, thinks. Yeah, he's like I don't know. He thinks he's like the best. I I don't know. I've never met Leonardo DiCaprio personally. He just puts off that kind of like air about him. Like, I'm the best. The only movie that I've really liked him in is... Uh, I, I did like Catch Me If You Can. That was a good movie. That was Another a good movie. movie. Um, but what's Eating Gilbert Grape? He should have won the Oscar for Phenomenal that movie. movie. Sad. Oh Phenomenal gosh. movie. He, he, oh, very sad. But it's a great movie. And he should have won the Oscar for it. I agree. He Him and Johnny Depp. and Oh, yeah. Great movie. He should have won an Oscar for that. Like it, Out of all the things that Leonardo DiCaprio should have won an Oscar for, he, he did get gypped on some legit roles or he didn't even get considered for some legit roles either i think he should right. have been nominated and won for Django unchained for best supporting actor. oh no i agree too yeah i mean Definitely. that performance instead they just they pretty much gave him an honorary oscar for the revenant basically they're like okay you know what fine here's your oscar you know yeah, And I did sit down and finally watch The Revenant because I wanted to see what the big deal was. One, I thought Tom Hardy was better. Two, that is not an Oscar-worthy performance. Sorry. I agree. So, Angelina and Jolie pass up the lead on Gravity. Thank God. Which is Sandra Bullock. I love Sandra Bullock. Emily Blunt turned down the role of Black Widow in Iron Man 2. Went to Scarlett Johansson. Okay, so I have mixed feelings about this. I remember reading that somewhere, and I love ScarJo. I like me some Emily Blunt, too. I really... I think Scarlett Johansson was most likely the better choice of the two, but I confidently feel that Emily Blunt could have pulled it off bringing her own little twist to it. ScarJo has that sass that... You know, she needed to, in order to combat, you know, like Tony Stark and stuff like that, uh, be able to match wits and stuff. And so I th- feel like that's what makes Scarlett Johansson the more, uh, the better choice for that role. But Emily Blunt, I feel, could have pulled it off physically. She's got the looks, things like that. I- I'm just not sure about how she would have been able to match in a wit game between right. all the Avenger characters. So that's the only no, thing I think that they, I would I think they made a good choice with Scarlett Johansson. Yeah. But I do love some Emily Blunt. Not The Quiet Place. I don't know why you don't like The Quiet Place. It's predictable. <laughs> I like it. It's a good movie. Predictable. See? Uh, all right. 
Uh, Denzel Washington turned down the role of Detective Mills in Seven, went to Brad Pitt. <sighs> What's in the box? Yeah, can you imagine Denzel Washington reacting that way? <laughs> no. Brad Pitt. No. Brad, that was a good role yeah, with, for Brad Pitt. The, the way him and, and Morgan Freeman fed off each other was, was really good. Yeah. The, the, that was a good pairing. Um, and it's no offense to Denzel Washington. He's a good actor. But uh, yeah, I feel like no, Brad Pitt. He's one of Pitt, my top five, if not number one. Oh, wow. You, you and my buddy Adam need to talk. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, no, Brad Pitt was more well-suited for seven. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Jack Nicholson turned down the role of Michael Corleone in The Godfather. Went to Al Pacino. Perfect. Uh, Al Pacino turned down a lot of big roles, including an offer to play Han Solo in Star Wars. <laughs> um, I think we talked about Which we've that. We've had this conversation. Yeah. yeah, we've had this conversation about somebody else playing. Who was it? Who was it? Crap, who was it? That was going to, that I heard that was going to play Han Solo, but turned, oh, it was Stallone. Yeah, it was Sylvester right. Stallone. Oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, Nobody help. knew it at the time, but Harrison Ford was, like, born to play that role. He was born to play that role in Indiana Jones. Yes. I can never, ever picture anybody else playing Indiana Jones. And speaking of which, Tom Selleck had to pass on playing Indiana Jones in Raiders of the Lost Ark. Good. Nothing against Tom Selleck, but good. Yeah. Harrison Ford declined starring as Alan Grant in Jurassic Park. Went to Sam Neill. Okay, so... <clears throat> That's the first time I've heard that. But as soon as you said Harrison Ford turned down Alan Grant, I could actually see Harrison Ford playing this role. I can't. And I can. So, you know, having seen Sam Neill play this role and then thinking about how Harrison Ford would have played this role, it could go either way. Sam Neill did a great job. I like Sam Neill in this movie. Yes. In fact, I hear that the original cast is coming back for the next one. Hopefully the last one. Um, and, it's, and, it's, and it's not going to be, it's not going to be like cameos. It's like, they're going to have major roles. Good. Uh, hopefully it's not like Jeff Goldblum who just shows up for like two seconds and then that's it. Um, right. I really feel like Harrison Ford could have brought something to this role. A little bit more sarcasm, perhaps um, a little bit more deadpan comedy per se. I mean, Sam Neill d- tried his hardest at the deadpan, but I don't think it works. Deadpan comedy doesn't really work for him. Um, no, in my opinion. So I just, I really feel like, uh, Harrison Ford would have been able to pull that off just a little bit more, but in the end, it's one of those things, you know, it's that classic, what if scenario that we talk about constantly. If Harrison Ford had been cast in it, would we be sitting here being able to picture Sam, Sam Neill playing that role? Honestly, I didn't even really know who Sam Neill was until Jurassic Park. And even since then, he hasn't really done a whole lot. No, he he's very picky and choosy about the roles and stuff that he does. Um, he was on a TV show I watched one time, but I can't remember what it was called. Oh, I know which one. Like Wayward Pines. Oh, was it? Oh, that's not that's not the yeah, TV I show I was thinking Pines. of. I was thinking of uh, the Tudors. Oh no, I haven't watched that. He was on like an, a keep meaning a to. season, a couple of seasons of that, I think. Um, hmm. He was in that really weird vampire movie with Ethan Hawke. Oh, um... What is it called? Not Daylight. Um, Or maybe it is Daylight. No, um... No? What the heck? No, Daybreak? It's daylight. It's like, I, I can see it on the tip of my tongue. Oh, no, I'm thinking of Colin Farrell. What's that movie? Colin Farrell was a vampire. Colin Farrell was a vampire? Yeah. I have no idea, dude. 
Yeah, I can't. It was something night. Something night. I can't remember what. Hmm. Yeah, it was weird. It was like vampires had taken over the world. It, like being a vampire okay, was a normal thing. And like Sam Neill was in charge of this like blood conglomerate. I don't, I, God, I've only seen the movie once. It was weird. Hmm. Anyway. Sam Neill was a so good So next choice. we have... Yeah, I no, I, I completely agree. Uh, Johnny Depp was reportedly considered to star in Ferris Bueller's Day Off. As who? Went to Matthew... As Ferris Bueller. No! No, no, <laughs> no, 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 no. Matthew Broderick was great for that role. Actually, they were all great for that role. Johnny Depp has no business putting his name anywhere near that movie. No, I... Yeah. I completely agree. Uh, Marilyn Monroe passed on the part on uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's. I went to Audrey Hepburn. I like Audrey Hepburn. I like Audrey Hepburn, too. Better choice. Nicolas Cage passed on the role of Aragon in Lord of the Rings. Oh, my God. All I can now picture is the crazy Nicolas Cage face (laughs) with long hair. No, 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 no. Always be Cajun. ABC, always be Cajun. <laughs> uh, no, uh, Nicholas Cage was not meant to play that role. In fact, I actually just watched all three. I watched those three movies and all three of the Hobbit movies last weekend. Ooh, you're a brave man sitting through the Hobbit movies. Oh, well, we had them on at work. Uh, basically background noise, but yeah. Um... So, watching the Hobbit movies, actually, I did kind of enjoy them because the CGI in the Lord of the Rings movies was still not all that great, but a lot better in the Hobbit movies. So, it kind of made it flow better, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. And he also used a different frame rate, the filming frame rate, which gives it a crisper, cleaner image, but... Despite his, despite technology being better and the advancements of cameras and things like that, there was no reason to have three Hobbit movies. <laughs> None whatsoever. Yeah. Yeah. So, speaking of Lord of the Rings, Christopher Plummer uh, turned down the role of Gandalf. That probably works out for the better. Uh, nothing against Christopher Plummer. Um, I like Ian McKellen. Speaking of Ian McKellen, he turned down the role of Dumbledore. Nah. I don't see it. At all. R- Molly Ringwall turned down the role of... Uh, well, turned on the, the lead in Pretty Woman. I don't remember what her name was, but yeah. Which went to Julia Roberts. Molly Ringwald. Which launched Julia, Julia Roberts' career pretty yeah, much. Yeah, basically. Um, I don't know. I guess Molly Ringwald could have done it. She's she's nice to look at, but she's no Julia Also Roberts. turned it down with Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh, that would have been an interesting choice. Apparently Julia Roberts also turned down, or not also, but did turn down the role of uh, Leanne Tui in uh, The Blind Side, which went to Sandra Bullock, who won an Oscar for it. Interesting. Okay, so I could actually see Julia Roberts pulling that role. I can too. 
Yeah. I mean, no, I mean, Sandra Bullock did an absolutely phenomenal job. Well done. Deserve the Oscar. But I could see Julia Roberts pulling that role off, too. She's a little bit feisty. Uh, I'm sorry, not Harry. Uh, Henry Winkler turned down Danny Zuko in Greece. Can, Hen- can, his reason can Henry Winkler was sing? Because he didn't want to... Oh, I don't know about that, but he didn't want to be typecast because it's pretty much the same role as Happy Days. The, fa- you know? <laughs> the Fonz and Danny Zuko are two completely separate ideas here. Come on, guys. Yeah. Danny Zuko doesn't go around going, Hey! Yeah, but if look at the two of them. They're pretty much the same person. Yeah, the Just greasers. one sings and one doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, then we've already talked about this John Travolta turned down Forrest Gump mm-hmm. um, Tom Cruise turned down Red McCormick in Footloose which went to Kevin Bacon better better idea Tom Cruise don't get me started <laughs> do you like Tom Cruise no. <laughs> I try not to like Tom Cruise, but I like his movies. All right, so yeah, that's a very similar thing, you know. Like I, I don't like Leonardo DiCaprio. I like his movies. I don't like Tom Cruise whatsoever. Um, but I tend to do like his movies. Uh, you know, uh, A Few Good Men is an absolutely phenomenal film. I love A Few Good um, Men. Yeah. I know everybody's crazy about Top Gun. It's a good movie. It's not one of my favorites. I love. I like the Mission Impossible movies up until about af- like four. That's where it's just starting to get yeah. ridiculous for me. He's a he is a good he's a good actor. He just he's annoying. He's a weird dude. He's a very weird <laughs> dude. I, it's I don't know. Just like and there's something there's something sleazy about him. Like if I were if I were to meet him in real life, I feel like I'd be uncomfortable around him. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I don't see us having a conversation. Nah. A good conversation, you know. Uh, Bette Midler passed on playing Sister Mary Clarence and Sister Act. Went to Whoopi Goldberg, which we watched a lot when we were kids. Yes. Sister Act, too. Sister Act, so uh, sequels, I mean, Sister Act aren't the greatest movies ever, but to me, two is better than one, which you can't say that about a lot of sequels. Two is definitely better than one, and I feel like, I think it was better with Whoopi Goldberg. Nothing against Bette Midler. She's awesome. Um... I hope the Hocus Pocus sequel finally does pan out like they keep teasing. Yeah, but they keep talking about that. But now Whoopi Goldberg was that role. Oh yeah, definitely. Uh, let's see what else we got. Will Smith turned down Django in Django Unchained. He also turned down another famous role, The Matrix. The Matrix, which he turned down The Matrix to do Wild Wild West. What an idiot! Because he said. He didn't understand the script of the Matrix. Your wife didn't have a problem with it, <laughs> right? Yeah, she showed up in what number three or was it number she two? Was, she was in number two, number two and three. Okay, yeah. And I'm just you turn well. One, thank you for turning it down because Keanu Reeves, uh, the terrible actor oh, yeah. he is, was perfect <laughs> for this role. Um, you still need to watch John Wick. I know, I know. Um. But you turned it down for Wild Wild West? Yeah, which was a complete failure. Flop in every single way. I, a flop. I just want to line up Will Smith, Kevin Klein, and Kenneth Branagh and just like slap them silly. <laughs> like, what were you yeah, thinking? That was a dumb movie. Sorry, go ahead. No, you're good. Um, Hugh Jackman was asked to play James Bond years ago, and he turned it down. It went to Daniel Craig. 
I like me some Daniel Craig Bond. I do. Me too. So I actually just recently rewatched all the Daniel Craig Bonds, and they're all really, really good. I don't like Quantum of Solace. I do. I don't know. A lot of people say they don't like Quantum of Solace. They, they rank it as one of the worst Bond movies ever. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I do. Maybe it's just because it's not as long as the other one. So Maybe. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. But, like, but. I, I love me some Pierce Brosnan Bond. Um, GoldenEye is one of my favorite. GoldenEye is probably yeah one of the it's probably one of the best Bond movies yes. ever. GoldenEye, but I, I love Daniel Craig because the in the reboot of the Bond movies when they brought in Daniel Craig they they they're like be sophisticated but be an animal at the same time yeah. and I I love that grittiness of it and he, that's just kind of carried over in all the films. He's just. He's got he's got that air of British sophistication, but then don't don't piss him off either. Yeah. Whereas you like Pierce Brosnan, you know, he just always had that smug James Bond look on his face, no matter what was happening. They had him in the train that's about to blow up. He's got that smug look on his face. He's in the helicopter as it's about to blow up. He might look a little irked and a little concerned, but he's still calm, cool, collected. Daniel Craig, if he were placed into those situations um he would be like half macgyver half tasmanian devil trying to get out of those situations you know yeah uh and i love skyfall skyfall is the best of the daniel Skyfall's craig oh really oh yes yeah, really 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 good movie it's not just because of the absolutely amazing music shout out to adele um <laughs> it's a great story i love i love background stories and that's what this was. It was a background story. You you kind of learned a little bit more about who yeah, the about guy was Bond's before past. he was exactly. James Bond. And none of the other movies ever ever even tried to explore that. Yeah, you kind of you kind of get the you kind of get the lore and the myth of the character of James Bond in this film. I mean, you always know that James Bond is a title. It's not a name you're born with. It is what you are given. And see, that's so. That is, I, I think me and you have talked about this a little bit, but um, I was actually reading somewhere about the theory of why there's so many actors playing James Bond, and the theory that I read was James Bond is the best. That's, that's that's your title when you come into that role. Yeah. So your name is not James Bond, but once you get into the 007, that's your name. Your name becomes James Bond. And that's why so many different actors have played that role throughout history. Yeah, so James Bond lives not as a person, but as a title. And then when that person either dies or retires, somebody else takes on the mantle of James Bond 007. But at the same time, uh, Skyfall debunked that. How did Skyfall debunk that? Because in Skyfall, at the Skyfall mansion and all that, James Bond's parents' graves were there, and they both had the last name Bond. Son of a so that couldn't bitch, have been a title for him. You might be onto <laughs> something here. Yeah, so Sky, even though that's a great theory, and I love that theory, but Skyfall debunked it with his parents' grave both saying Bond on it. Maybe just may. No, all right, I'm not even going to try to debunk. All right, <laughs> I'll have to accept it as it is for right now. So, Josh Hartnett turned down the Man of Steel in Superman Returns. 
which went to Brandon Roth, who looks so much like freaking uh, Christopher Reeves. He was like the perfect person to play that role. Oh my God, Josh Hartnett would have been awful, awful in that role. Well, you know what? He, you know what else he turned down? What else? Batman Begins as Batman. Yeah, no, uh, no, who wouldn't have pulled it off? Christian Bale. Did you ever see back in the? So after Joel shoot, no, not Joel Schumacher. Um, Tim Burton finished the Batman movies, the Batman and then Batman Returns. Yeah. He was going to make a Superman movie, and there was. Already test scenes with this actor in the costume that you could find on the internet. And the guy he had playing Superman was Nicolas Cage. Yeah, okay, yeah. I remember reading that somewhere. Uh, yeah, there's like You can find it on the internet. You can see him in the Superman uh, costume. And he's got long hair, too. It's like shoulder-length hair, almost. It's weird. Uh, I'm, I'm glad that never panned out. Um, Me, too. <laughs> oh, Nicholas Cage. He tries so hard. This is interesting. I've never heard of this one. Okay. Sandra Bullock passed up on the computer hacker Neo in the Matrix, which went to Keanu Reeves. They were going to make it a woman? So I guess, interesting. I guess so. Huh. Well, she did play a computer hacker in, yeah, in, the, in the net. Yeah. Such a great underrated movie. Kind of dated, but still. Halle Berry turned down the role, uh, Sandra Bullock's role in Speed. I'm okay with that. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't like Halle Berry. I don't think she's a good actor. It, mm. She's like, um, she's like Kevin Costner to me. She plays the same thing in every single movie. She's like one of my least favorite things about the X-Men franchise. Uh, I do not think she did a good storm whatsoever. So in the first storm, I mean, the first storm, the first X-Men movie, she had an accent and then it just kind of disappeared. But yeah, she's supposed to have an accent. They finally got that right when they went back in time and did, I already forgot the name of the movie. It was so crap. Apocalypse. Yeah, Apocalypse, yeah. Crappy movie. Which, so, they're supposed to start bringing the X-Men into the MCU. Now that they have the rights to it. Mm-hmm. I wish this would have happened before the in-game saga ended. Because I had even thought about this before in-game ever came out. How awesome would it have been to have Hugh Jackman's Wolverine in in-game? Because at one point in the comics, he was an Avenger. Yes. Uh... That would have been so awesome for Hugh Jackman just to show up as Wolverine in Endgame. So, we're never going to get another Hugh Jackman Wolverine appearance. Yeah, which sucks. I know. It's sad, but the dude has to retire. Um, no, I, and I get that. I get that. They're going to keep popping out all these X-Men movies, and he can't play it forever. Yeah. However, there's... Which, Logan was a perfect send-off. Yes, agreed. A great, fantastic movie. Um, however, Marvel still might have their chance to have an in-game type scenario that includes the X-Men because I remember just reading an article the other day. I don't know if I shared it on Facebook or not, where how the Russo brothers would love to return to the Marvel franchise in order to do secret wars, which is basically in-game on steroids. Yeah. And it would include 
almost every single Marvel character in their catalog. And see, that's that, yeah, I could be Hugh Jackman. So the guy who played Superman recently, uh, Henry, what's his name? Cavill or something, I think. Yeah. So he's actually rumored to be the next Wolverine, which I think would be really good. No. I think, I think it's you don't distracting. Think so? I think he's got the receipt for it. Uh, I think it's too distracting. But I think he's done with Superman, though. Is he? I think so. I keep hearing that. Because they, he's been wanting to do another Superman movie for years, and they won't get him a script. They won't make the movie. The only movies that he's been Superman in recently are uh, are uh, Justice League and Batman vs. Superman. He's only had one standalone movie. And that was, what, 10 years ago? Yeah, almost. Yeah, so I think he's done playing Superman. But it's it's kind of like one of those things. I just feel like it'd be too distracting in my mind. I just... I would look at him and all I would see is Superman, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, it depends on how good he does as Wolverine. I, I'm still on the Tom Hardy boat for Wolverine. I am not, I've never been on that boat. I've never thought Tom Hardy would make a good Wolverine. No, I've just always been on the Tom Hardy boat. I like him. He's fun. Yeah. He's a good actor, in my opinion. He is I love a good actor. I, just don't, I, don't, I don't see him as Wolverine. Yeah, he was really good in Venom. Which you can't have him as Wolverine. Oh, dang. He's already in a Marvel movie. <laughs> which, they, which, which they can. Oh, they did it with Chris Because they did Evans. that with Chris Evans. But the, the Fantastic Four movies aren't part of the same universe. Well, so. neither is the Venom movie because it's exactly. it belongs to the Sony the Marvel Sony. universe, right? Which they're still trying to get over to the MCU. So if they get it over to the MCU, Tom Hardy can't play Wolverine. Ugh. you're right. Stupid Venom. <laughs> yep. And its sequel coming out, which I'm actually looking forward to. But so. yeah, me too. I liked Venom a lot. I, I did. I thought it was very well done. And I want to. I'm really curious how they're going to bring. Spider-Man into the Venom, or if they're going to bring Venom into Spider-Man, but because they have to cross paths, you couldn't have it any other way, you know. Well, I mean, I guess it all depends on how the rights go. So if Sony, one hundred, well, Sony still owns Spider-Man. Yes, but but they just they just, Marvel paid to bring him into the MCU. Yeah, but if if that deal doesn't continue going forward, so let's say the deal ends and they don't renew it, and then Spider-Man one hundred percent goes back to Sony. You know, that's so up to stupid. Sony to decide how that's going to happen. Right. So, and I don't think Sony would do, and if that happens, I don't think Sony would do a standalone, another standalone Spider-Man film with Tom Holland. Yeah, and I've heard that too, which is, They would man, just reboot the series I like again. Tom Holland. I love... I know, I'm tired of all these... I thought Andrew Garfield was good. I, so did I. He, they just gave him bad movies. That was the unfortunate yeah. part. He was a great Spider-Man. They just gave him horrible movies to be Spider-Man. I like the the darkness of it, and uh, that he that he had in his his movie. And I, I thought about that, and like in our in our short lives, and I'm going to say short. I'm not going to date ourselves. In our short lives, we have seen this character rebooted. What one, two, three? It's on its fourth reboot. Wait, we had wait. Hold on, Toby McGuire, McGuire, Andrew. Okay, Andrew third Garfield. reboot. Excuse me. Yeah, with a possible fourth reboot, it might be a fourth. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to keep doing it. You found somebody that works. Just Marvel and Sony need to get along. (laughs) 
Dis- I'm sorry, that and, Disney and, and so Sony funny, need to though. get along. It's yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. It's so funny how it's a Marvel movie. Marvel owns the rights to the character, but for some reason, so does Sony. You know, no, it, it's because it's one of those licensing it, things. You know, it's kind of like uh, when in Avengers Two, um, Age of Ultron, they wanted to use Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch. Well, at the time, Fox owned the rights to those characters, right. so there was a trade-off. They could have those characters, which I don't understand how that worked because Fox still in- ended up introducing their own Quicksilver. But I guess the tra- yeah. part of the trade-off which was, was better Quicksilver. Agreed. But... Part of the trade-off was they could not call Quicksilver or Scarlet Witch mutants, and they could not allude to the fact that they were children to Magneto. So that's why in yeah, Avengers two they yeah. are created in a lab. Yeah. So it's it's this whole rights thing between Fox, which is now Disney. So back then it was like Fox, Marvel, and Sony. Three different studios had rights to different Marvel characters because Marvel, when they did that, wasn't really its own studio yet, and it was still a fledgling. And you know, Fox said, "Hey, we want to make an X Men movie." So here they got those rights. Sony's like, "Oh, yo, we're going to do Spider Man and all this. You could do those rights." I mean, even before Disney was involved with um, Marvel, but Paramount launched the entire MCU. Right. With uh, Iron Man. So Paramount had that yep. all. And then I think the last the last time we saw Paramount's logo on a Marvel movie was Avengers. So it's really strange how they how Hollywood politics work. Yeah, it's dumb. And see, so the best X-Men movie was Days of Future Past, without a doubt. I agree. Um, um, a lot a lot of people didn't like it, and I don't... I can get why. When you start time traveling and stuff like that, again, it's like Endgame and stuff. You know, you, you're going to create plot holes and things that I don't make Endgame sense. I watched Endgame recently again, because, like I said before, if any Wars is one of my go-to movies just to watch, because I like it. But every time I watch... Get finished watching Infinity Wars. I feel like I'm I'm supposed to watch Endgame. <laughs> I really wish they <laughs> so would just watch release Endgame. it as one long movie. E- right. Even though I'm not a big fan of Endgame, I just always feel like I have to watch Endgame after I watch Infinity Wars. Yeah. The time travel in Endgame pisses me off every time I watch it because to me it doesn't make sense. <laughs> so Bruce Banner says. You can't, like, these, uh, Rhodey says, why don't we just go back to little Thanos and, you know, strangle him and kill him, you know, to baby Thanos. He goes, first of all, you can't do that because if you change something in the past, it won't change the future. It would just still be your past. Which doesn't make sense because in... In game, the Thanos that they fought was 2014 Thanos, who time traveled to 2000. What are they? Uh, 20, 2025 or something ish? Um, yeah. 2023. Um, time traveled to fight them in the big in game final battle. So that wasn't because they already killed the other Thanos of their time, right? Yeah. So at the end of Endgame. They killed the 2014 Thanos. 
does that make him cease to exist? Or so Infinity Wars never happened? Because 2014 Thanos is no longer in existence. He just died. I don't understand how yeah, his death should have... Everything else could still happen. His death his should have death immediately should have... erased. But then there's also the theory of alternate timelines. So, killing 2014 right. Thanos in 2023 wouldn't have erased the events of that particular timeline. All it does is to create a new timeline from the event that... From the time that Thanos time traveled to, two, to 2023. But he was never there anymore in 2014 he wasn't there 2015 he wasn't there 2016 he's dead he's not coming back exactly so in, a, in another timeline, timeline basically right. none of the like avengers didn't happen nothing happened so i don't know it, that's what time travel sucks. That, that, that was their thing right that was that was their thing was we have to we take the affinity stones and we have to bring them back the exact moment they were taken so we don't mess up the timeline and by killing thanos they okay, already messed cool. up the timeline so what did it matter exactly. <laughs> exactly that's a very good point because their plan all hinged on going to these very specific points of time taking these stones and they know by taking the stones they're altering the timeline but they can fix that alteration by going back to the same exact points in time and putting the stones right back where they got them Exactly, but killing Thanos so they just do threw that, that whole plan out the window. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's there's no there's no more Thanos. So what does it even matter? But also, Thanos is Thanos. Theoretically, Thanos is never going to go get those stones because he doesn't exist anymore. But there could be a possibility of a timeline where Thanos does continue to exist because of the screw up when they went back to go get the mind, not the mind stone, um, the Tesseract, and Loki gets away. Right, so that Which creates also a whole new messes timeline. up the timeline because right, exactly because in the original Avengers movie, uh, Thor took Loki back to Asgard, mm -hmm. and he was locked up. Yep. So in and so now in, he's in, free. In so now you've just right. changed the path with the Tesseract. With the Tesseract. Right. So he and chances are he doesn't know what's going on at that point. So it's not like he could go and tell Thanos, "Hey, this is what's happening. Don't do this." But yeah. uh, you know, he now you've just created an entire timeline in a race history still. So it's. <laughs> It's never going to be imperfect. In fact, the Russo brothers no said they know it's not perfect. They just they gave us the best thing that they could, and it's well, of course, still you can't, you can't still pretty make good a for perfect what... time travel movie because time travel doesn't exist. So we really don't know what the outcomes would be. Yeah, it's just it's too paradoxical. The only perfect time travel movie we have is Vengeance, <laughs> and even it's riddled with issues. But <laughs> yeah, I like Vengeance. I love Vengeance. It's actually my dad's favorite movie. It's a great movie. Yeah, great series. What, a, yeah, what else? You I got? like them all. Two gets such a bad rap a lot, but I like I like all three. Okay, of them. Uh, I just had this conversation uh, <coughs> on my Gremlins episode, so uh, I love two. I love two more than one. Uh, I love one. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, I agree with you. Two gets a bad rap, but I love two because I love the way that it plays with one. It's just like um, so we got yeah. How they go back and he's watching his. Self do other, yeah. I, I don't know. I, I like how they go back to 1955 again, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was and I was just talking about this, um, last night in a special recording that I did for another podcast, um, where we talked about the movie Dead Silence, but then we kind of kind of got off track and we started talking about Insidious. Uh, I love Insidious, 
I like Insidious 2, but I think I like Insidious 2 better because it took the story of Insidious 1 and expanded on it. So it kept going back and playing with Insidious 1. So obviously you can't have 2 without 1, but then I really feel like you can't have 1 without 2 either. And that's what Back to the Future gave us. 1 was great, and then 2 comes along, and now you realize that you can't have 1 without two and then three comes along and it they just work so perfectly together that if you were to remove one of them from the quote-unquote equation the entire thing collapses so one thing about three i a couple years ago i was watching it and um so they get he goes back to 1885 or whatever Mm -hmm. right 1885 docks there and uh the the delorean had an arrow and the fuel tank, which caused all the gas to leak out. Yeah. So they couldn't uh, run the, the car on gasoline because they didn't have any gas. It's 1885, correct? correct? Technically, there are two DeLoreans in 1885. The one Doc had already hid and the one Marty came in with. So all they had to do was take the parts off the DeLorean Marty came in with and put them on the other one that Doc came in with, that he already hid in the cabin, or the, the cave, cavern, cave, whatever, um, or taking the gas out of that one and put it in Marty's, you know? I mean, then the movie would have been over in 20 minutes, but... <laughs> I can't tell you how many times I've seen that movie, and that thought has never once crossed my mind. I've seen that movie so many... Exactly. And it, just a couple years ago, I was like, wait a minute. Doc already hid the DeLorean in the cave, so it's there when Marty comes there. So, yeah. Yeah. You're right. Oh, my God. Crazy. My, my brain hurts. <laughs> uh, time travel. Oh, time travel. Uh, and then let's not even <laughs> talk about Terminator time travel yet. <laughs> uh, no. I read something the other day about some new AI thing that is going on in the world, and I've said this for years. Skynet is going to happen in real life. Some form of Skynet is going to happen in real life to where artificial intelligence takes over the world. Then nobody's going to want to be in my house. I've been automating it for the past year. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can control a lot of stuff with Alexa. Oh, don't Thanks. get mad at me, Alexa. I'm having trouble connecting to uh-huh. the internet. Good. Take a look at the help section in your Alexa app. Okay. She's talking to you? Yeah, I, I upset her. What else you got? What else do I got? Uh, those all for the for the what turn down rolls. Turn down rolls. The what ifs. Yep. Nice. Um. So let's let's kind of change gears here for a little bit. We we did kind of br- brush on this a little bit when we started talking about Quentin Tarantino, but let's start thinking about our favorite directors. The first one, obviously, that comes to my mind is is Spielberg. Spielberg, just classic. Spielberg is probably the best director of all time. Okay. Spielberg. Um, yeah, he's done so many good movies. Um, who's your favorite? I would have to say, oh, that's a that's a tough one. My favorite director. And I do like Ridley Scott. Ridley Scott has done a lot of good movies. He has done a lot of great movies. I I I I, I literally can't label like a one to five scenario here because there's just I could say Steven Spielberg, but then I want to say, you know, Quentin Tarantino. And then I want to say, um, 
uh wow i'm blinking all of a sudden on dude's name um uh alfonso curran uh you know, so I just I've got all these names. I have I have like five directors that I I love. I, James Cameron. You know, I just want to throw these names out yeah. here, and I just like James Cameron pre Avatar. Pre Avatar, exactly. <laughs> so I've got I've I've got names like I've got top five directors, but I just don't want to rank them because it's just it's so hard to rank them. So I would have to say yeah. Steven Spielberg, uh, Alfonso Cuarón, James Cameron, Quentin Tarantino, and. Uh, <sighs> I don't know who would, who would even Michael Bay explosions. <laughs> explosions by Michael Bay explosions by Michael Bay. Uh, no, Michael <laughs> Bay is nowhere near this list. <laughs> I know. <laughs> um. Oh God! Now see, it's even it's hard to even throw somebody into find another director I would want to throw into this mix. Um, Ridley Scott's good. I, I will give him that. Um. So Stanley Kubiak, did you like Space Odyssey 2001? I'm going to be 100 percent honest. I've never seen it. I hadn't <laughs> seen it for the longest time. I'd always heard about it. Always heard it's one of the greatest movies ever. I watched it about five years ago, and it is so freaking slow. I could enjoy it. It was like it was a scene of a guy in space and it was just watching him like in space doing nothing. And it's like scenes that could just be so like you could just show him and then move on to something else. But he keeps focusing on one thing that takes forever to, to set up instead of just showing it, which is all we needed to see, and then moving on to something else. And that movie could have been so much shorter and so much better. Yeah, um, I have it on my list of movies to watch on HBO, but I'm just like, I haven't really felt the urge to sit down and watch it. I've heard mixed f- reviews on it, uh, definitely where it's the greatest movie ever, too. but then people are just like, don't waste your life, you know, things. So Yeah, it's a long movie. Um, well, that, that didn't need to be that long. No. Uh, although, while you were talking about that... Uh, 2001 a space odyssey i started thinking of interstellar and then i realized that christopher nolan would be in my top five directors yeah christopher nolan's good yes christopher nolan is awesome uh but no i have not seen 2001 a space odyssey i uh i heard the music's good yeah it's got a good score to it it's just a slow movie yeah a slow movie movie (laughs) so uh, aside from steven spielberg what other directors would you have on your list uh, like I said, Ridley Scott, um, probably Christopher Nolan as well. Uh, not Michael Bay. <laughs> I want to say George Lucas, but he's really only directed like three movies that are good. Yeah, <laughs> and that's just the original Star Wars trilogy. But he actually didn't uh, direct those. Actually, you're right. He directed the first one, right? I don't think he directed the other two. Yeah, he yeah he directed the first one and then the other two. No, I don't even. Did he direct the first one? I don't know. I know he directed but the prequel what? trilogy. Handy little device in my hand called a phone. I know. Oh, he he did the the prequels though, right? He did the prequel movies. Yes. I just don't remember if he actually directed Star Wars the the first Star Wars. 
was fine. Okay, he did. He did. 1977. He was was the director. And then two other people took over on Empire and uh, Return. And then he did the entire prequel trilogy. So Gotcha. George Lucas... He's directed 19 movies. Yeah, George Lucas... uh, I, I... I don't think of him as a director. I think of uh, movies where his name is attached, like a producer or, or things like that. And, you know, aside from Star Wars, if we're not including Star Wars in on this, you know, he was involved in oh, Indiana he did, Jones. Uh, Indiana Jones, yes. yeah, I mean, phenomenal, fantastic. Uh, so that's what I think of when I think of things. If we're just removing Star Wars, period, from our thoughts, then it's the other stuff that he's done. Anything having to do with Indiana Jones and uh, whatnot. That's that's the good stuff. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love Indiana Jones. My favorite is the third one, uh, The Last Crusade with Sean Connery. That's my favorite, Which too. is crazy, because Sean Connery, if I'm not mistaken, is only like 10 years older than Harrison Ford. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. But he looked old enough to play his dad. Because Harrison Ford was already in his 40s when he did the Indiana Jones movies, which he doesn't look like it. No, no, he was able to definitely pull off that younger look very easily. <clears throat> yeah, Last Crusade is, in my opinion, the best Indiana Jones movie for me. In fact, you know what? Sometimes that's in my top five. Yeah. It, <laughs> I love The Last Crusade. It is. It's it's one of those movies, and the thing about it is, is I don't think about it very often, which I, I should give it a little bit more love, I guess. Uh, but whenever I do start thinking about Indiana Jones... That is the go-to movie for me. Like on Netflix, it's on oh, Netflix yeah, right now. So right now, if I'm like flipping through Netflix trying to find something to watch because I'm bored, if I land on that movie and I hadn't already found something else that I want, that's the movie I'm putting on. Yeah, it's just it's a great movie. And I in fact I like Last Crusade, then it's Temple of Doom, then it's Raiders of the Lost Ark. I know I'm going backwards here, and then do I even want to think about the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? No. What's that? Yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I heard... I, this is a guy at work. He told me that his favorite Indiana Jones movie was the fourth when I looked at him like, yeah, we can't be friends no. anymore. Yeah. <laughs> that, that's just wrong. Just, Everything is wrong he, about that movie. The, the premise wasn't bad. Aliens? What I didn't like about it... Right. Well, okay, yes. I, at first, I thought that too. Aliens, really? We're going to do Aliens? But at the same time, in the second one, there was a dude reaching into people's chests and pulling out their hearts. You know? How possible was that? True. Very true. Uh, which which makes Temple of Doom, you know, kind of just that fantastical thing, but... Right. Exactly. So, if you look at... You have to look at Indiana Jones movies as fantasy movies. Because, technically, that's what they are. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yes so and no. They're fantasy right. movies grounded Tactical in reality. Yes. So that's what I thought when I first saw um, The Crystal Skull was really we're going to bring aliens to it. But that's not even what bugged me the most about the movie. What bugged me the most about the movie was the amount of CGI George Lucas thought he had to have in that movie. And it just didn't make it look real. In all the other Indiana Jones movies, every pretty much everything they did was a practical effect Mm -hmm. because there wasn't much, there was the eighties. They didn't have the CGI we have now, but since George Lucas had that technology, same with the prequels for star Wars, he felt since I have the technology, I have to pretty much use it in everything. And which is what he did with Indiana Jones. And so it just didn't look real. 
to me. Yeah, jo- they could have done the exact same movie with the exact same premise with the aliens without all the CGI, and it would have been a better movie. I absolutely agree. George Lucas and uh, Steven Spielberg definitely phoned this one in on their overuse of CGI. I just again referencing the Gremlins episode I heard. that. I think that's I think that's what's become wrong with Hollywood nowadays is that we don't use enough practical effects. We just I, and again I'm not yes. saying it's the easy way out because computer graphics are not easy and CGI is not easy, especially if you're trying to incorporate it into a film and stuff like that. But we rely too heavily on that kind of thing. I love movies that rely more on practical effects and then they use CGI on the things they just cannot pull off practically, you know? Yeah. It's like Mad Max Fury Road. Amazing movie. Great movie. And it's because the director insisted on doing as much as he could practically. Now, obviously, there's CGI right. in the movie. Yeah. But it's not an overuse of CGI. It's a beautiful use of CGI. And it's not um, distracting like Star Wars 1 through 3. Right. Well, see, and that was the thing that I actually heard Spielberg say that it was Lucas who wanted to do all that CGI in the fourth uh, Indiana Jones movie. Lucas just... Lucas relies too much on CGI. Uh, It's just like, he's obsessed with it. He's obsessed with it. Yeah, he is. And and when he went back and redid the original Star Wars trilogy and added in all that stuff, like, stop. Why did he do that? I can't watch. I want to watch the original trilogy. I want to watch it the way it was originally made. I don't want to watch it with all these other CGI parts in the movie that weren't there originally. Oh, I always wanted to I have Jabba the Hutt there in episode no, that four, is so dumb. talking to Han so Solo in the hangar, right. but we couldn't make it so work. That, that scene obviously was filmed because um, the dialogue with Han Solo there, that scene was filmed for the original movie, but at the time, Jabba the Hutt was a, was a human, Yeah, it, not what he became in part three. So they had to pretty much take that human out and put the CGI Java in, which just looked horrible. And then even in uh, in Return of the Jedi, uh, in Java's hut, um, they added a whole music scene with this CGI alien singing a song, which was so ridiculous. Yeah, it's like leave it alone. The movies that you made were fine. I know you had a vision. Okay, and as a director, right. as a writer, as the creator, it's great to have a vision. And I'm sorry your vision didn't get realized at first, but what you did right. deliver yeah, was a cult right. phenomenon. You have, and he won't even release the original. No, you have a I'm fan base. Disney hasn't. You have a fan base. You have a world that loves the original movies that you put out. But you're going to sit there and you're going to be butthurt that you couldn't create, you couldn't show the world what your original vision was. But when the technology finally came around to do so, you're going to be like, oh, guys, this is what I actually wanted y'all to see. And then I'm going to take away the originals and you're just, there's nothing you can do about it. So you're going to piss off your fan base just to show your original vision when. Unless you have the original VHS movies. 
nobody's ever going to see the way they were originally shot. And it's poopy. Yeah, it is. It, it, it sucks. Uh, that's that's what I want to watch. I don't want to watch it. See, I don't mind that he went back and cleaned up like the planets, you know, kind of made them look better. Or like uh, the the blasters, the shots made them look better. I don't mind that stuff, you know, kind of cleaning that stuff up. But to add things that weren't there originally with CGI just made it look crappy. Yep. And just as a filmmaker, I think it just, it proves to the world that you actually don't care how the world receives you. You're going to just put it out there no matter what. And what he needs to realize that, and I hope he learned that lesson with the prequel trilogy. I mean, I'll watch the prequel trilogy. I, it's part of the story and everything like that. So if I'm going to watch Star Wars, I'm going to watch Star Wars. But it didn't... You you already showed the world that you could pull off what you're looking to do without all of that crap. You just... You don't care about your fan base when you just do stuff for the sake of doing it. Right. Yeah. And then you definitely so did not care about your... Is. Sorry, I got one more little soapbox. Oh, no, you're good. You definitely didn't care about your fan base when you sold your project to Disney... And put Kathleen Kennedy in charge of it. Oh, yeah. It's horrible. I'm glad she's stepping away. Anyway. I got a couple more uh, acting what ifs. Okay, go ahead. John Lithgow as the Joker in Batman instead of Jack Nicholson. Okay, so I love Joe. I love John Lithgow. I think he's a great actor. Um, that's tough. I, I, I don't like that. No, I, yeah, I, Jack Nicholson, Jack Nicholson was better. perfect for that role. He nailed it. Sean Connery as Gandalf. No. <laughs> no. Uh, Warren Beatty as Bill in Kill Bill. I could, you know, I could see that. <clears throat> yeah. I could see that. Uh, Sarah Jessica Parker as Lydia in Beetlejuice. No, that's why Nona Ryder. Tom Hanks as Jerry Maguire. <laughs> That movie would not have worked with Tom Hanks. We just sat there and said we don't like Tom Cruise and stuff like that, but that is a Tom Cruise role. That is a Tom Cruise Cruise role. I mean, he was perfect for that. Nobody would have. Show me the money! Yeah. Tom Tom Hanks would not have done that justice at all. No, not at all. And I love Tom Hanks. He's one of my top five actors ever. But, yeah. I'm glad he turned that down. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't even want to think about a world where Tom Hanks would have been Jerry Maguire. Yeah, so Cameron Crowe wrote Jerry Maguire with Tom Hanks in mind to play the lead. Oh, Burt Reynolds is James Bond. He's American for crying out loud. How would that have worked? I don't. Mel Gibson as Maximus in The Gladiator. <sighs> Maybe if the movie was made in the 90s, sure. Uh-huh. Well, I mean, it was made early 2000s, 2000, 2000. so. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But uh, I'm talking like, I'm know. talking yeah, like I guess, mid-90s. I guess, yeah, I guess Mel Gibson was kind of old then. He, older. Older, then. yeah. It, I, I don't know. Russell Crowe did what, just, uh, a, he was, Russell Crowe was fine for that role. Yeah, no, I completely agree. Although Joaquin Phoenix made that movie, Russell Crowe was fine for that role. Jim Carrey as Buddy the Elf. All right, so I don't like Will Ferrell. <laughs> I like yeah, Will Ferrell I movies. 
And again, it might not be for him. There's a couple of roles that I do love of his, like Talladega Nights and Anchorman. Um, Ron Burgundy is probably one of the greatest roles I think I've seen in a comedy. Uh, but um, I could actually see, I could see Jim Carrey pulling it off. I really can. I can see it. And I think it would have been less annoying. I don't annoying. want to see it. Because <laughs> I, I don't think Elf was annoying, oh, though. It, awfully annoying there's a there someone brought it up for my christmas in july special and i said no i was like i'm not doing that movie (laughs) (laughs) but uh i I find it to be annoying and i jim carrey might be annoying i don't know jim carrey is annoying sometimes in his movies i don't like dumb and dumber no hilarious i barely like ace ventura Eh, it didn't age well it was funny back in the 90s. No, it, it's funny that you say it didn't age well because I just recorded an episode with uh, Justin and Andy uh, a couple of weeks ago where we talked about Ace Ventura. And as we're talking about it, I was like, guys, this movie did not age well. It's one of those movies that it would not have been made today. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> There's a lot of movies in the 90s that would not be made today. Well, I've got one more top question for you. All right. So you listed Tom Hanks as perhaps your all-time favorite actor of all time. And I'm going to make this easy. You don't have to keep it to male actors. You can include both female and male. But what are your top five favorite people that you love to see in movies? Uh, well, Tom Hanks and Denzel Washington are probably one and two. Okay. Interchangeable. Uh, okay. Chris Pratt. Thank you. I love seeing him in anything he does. Thank you. Chris Pratt is hilarious. Nobody gives him enough love. They don't. And I don't know if you've watched Parks and Rec. I have. But he is so funny in that show. That show would not be the same without him. No. And it took me a long time to watch Parks and Rec. Because of the... Because of... What's his name? The Indian guy. Azir or something. I can't remember his name. Tom. But... (laughs) Tom. Oh yeah, Tom. Tom, Tom Abernathy yes. or whatever his name is. So yeah, so he was in a season of Scrubs, and he was so freaking oh, annoying. Yeah, yeah, I forgot in about that, that season. Yeah, which completely turned me off to him, and that's why I would never watch Parks and Rec because he was in it. And he's one of the funniest and parts. Finally, of I Parks caved and in. Rick. Right, and finally I caved in, and I watched Parks and Rec, and I enjoyed his character as Tom. I really did. You know what? I, as much as I didn't think I would, I enjoyed the character. Tom, of Tom. was great, and th- the fact that they let his character grow, uh, like in the beginning, Tom yeah. is just this kind of like one-liner guy, but then he became a little bit more mainstream, and it, it was just it was perfect. You know, my least favorite thing about Parks and Rec, my least favorite part about Parks and Rec was actually um, what the main character Leslie Nope. I thought she was See, super freaking annoying. Like, they should have just made I've it about Ron Swanson. That's another reason why I didn't watch it either, because I've never been a big fan of... I can't uh, think of her name. Oh, crap. Neither can I. Uh, it's not... What the heck? It's not uh, Tina Fey. She always does Tina Fey. I, I, I was just thinking Tina Fey, too. She, Amy Poehler. Amy Poehler. Thank Amy you. Poehler. Yeah, yeah. She used to be married to Will Arnett. <laughs> um, yeah. I've never been a big fan of her. I find her to be a super annoying actress. So, in this role of Leslie Nope, I just... I don't watch it for Leslie Nope. I watch it for Chris Pratt. I watch it for Tom. Um, yeah, yeah. 
whatever his name is, Tavia Abernathy. I watch it for Ron Swanson. Ron is like Ron Swanson. He's a hero. Oh my gosh, I love that character. There's a character. You can almost look at any TV show and pick out a character that you just you kind of idolize. You know, for this for Parks and Rec, it's Ron Swanson. You want to be Ron Swanson because he's just there he's everything a- American. You know, there was an episode of uh, where they went to, I think it was like a, a healthy food store. It was him and Rob Lowe's character and uh, Aubrey Plaza's character. Mm-hmm. And so they and they're giving out samples of turkey bacon. And um, so he grabs the um, like he goes up to get the sample and the guy gives it to him and he just throws it in the trash. And he asked for another can I, can I have another? <laughs> he tastes and just throws it in the trash. Oh, can I have another? <laughs> oh, that's good. Ron stuff. Swanson is an absolutely amazing character. And the other one I can think of is like uh, anytime I do my rewatch of Scrubs, Dr. Cox is my all time favorite character. Oh, yes. I, yes. I, I wish I had. I know this is kind of kind of probably a bad thing to say. I, I kind of like Dr. Cox's personality. And so I just, I, I, I latch onto it really easily. Uh, so yeah, you can almost look at any TV show and you can, there's just that one character, which you just, you love, you idolize. And that's, that's the one you can kind of latch onto. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so you have uh, uh, Tom so Hanks, Denzel Dallas Washington, three, huh? Chris Pratt. Who else do you got? who else there i've always he gets a better especially now a lot of people don't like him but i've always been a mel gibson fan i i I like mel gibson i like his movies and stuff like that um i actually like him more as a director uh the movies he directs are just some just phenomenal movies um but i wouldn't yeah i don't know if i would list him in my top honestly actually i know for a fact. okay so so sometimes in my top five of movies the patriot Oh, Love such a movie. great movie! But yeah, everything Mel Gibson does, I I don't. There's not really many bad movies that he's done. I love all the Lethal Weapon movies. I've always have the Patriot. Uh, pretty much, uh, he's he's good, and even his his older roles or his roles that he has now is older are really good too. Yeah, see, I haven't seen Was much that, of anything. Uh, Get the Gringo. Recently. Watch. Have you seen Get the Gringo? No. Oh, watch Get the Gringo. Good movie. Um, I can't honestly think of the last movie I watched that he. Oh, that that Expendables. What was it, Expendables three? He was in. Right, and we talked about that. He was the best part of yeah, the movie. Yeah, he was. He was the best actor in the movie. He really was, and because he, I felt like he was the only one actually trying. <laughs> right. Um. Yeah. Okay. Mel Gibson. Mel Gibson's good. Uh, I mean, I I'm not gonna I'm not gonna poo poo on him. He's he's a good actor, definitely. And who's number five for you? Uh, just had a second. Remember, you can include a woman on this. No, I know. And uh, I was actually going to say Margot Robbie. Interesting I choice. I think she is good in everything she has done. You are very strange. <laughs> very strange. You don't like her? <laughs> I, I'm not saying I don't like her. I just, I'm not sure I'm impressed with everything she's done. Really? Hmm. I, everything she's done, I've, I've, I've enjoyed. She was. Even Harley Quinn, I've enjoyed that. I didn't like the movie, but her playing Harley Quinn. Yeah, her, her portrayal of Harley Quinn was definitely. Good. I didn't mind the act, the the Harley Quinn movie. I didn't mind it. it. It could have been a lot worse. That's what I thought when I watched it. It's 
I didn't mind it, but it, it wasn't good. Yeah, it's not but one of those movies I'm going to like sit down you know? and be yeah. like, oh, I can't wait to watch this again. No, uh, w- right. once is probably enough. Um, and she's definitely was my favorite part about uh, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Uh, yeah. I thought she did a really good job with that. Um, well, okay, so now I'm starting to see the case for her because, you know, Wolf on Wall Street, she was really good in that movie. Um, she, I don't know if you saw the movie where she played Tanya Harding. No, I haven't. She was really good I, in that, too. Oh, it's such a it's I, actually a really good movie. Yeah, didn't what's her face win the Oscar for that? Uh, I'm not sure. Allison Janey. Oh yeah, you know I think you're right. Yeah, right. Uh, but uh, no, I haven't seen that yet. So yeah, all right. There's a case for Margot. Okay, there's a case for her. I also like Jennifer Lawrence too. I do love me some J Law. J Law. <laughs> my my only problem with Jennifer Lawrence is. I think she got too big too fast. And so she did. She was in everything for a while. She was the Samuel L. Jackson. She was in everything all of a sudden. And I just kind of got burnout watching her. And Chris Pratt almost reached that point to me. All of a sudden, Chris Pratt was the A star who needed to be in everything. And I kind of, I was like, please just back off because I don't want to lose my love for Chris Pratt here. And luckily, he's kind of backed off a little bit. So, um, yeah, Je- uh, Jennifer Lawrence is really good. I don't like a lot of her. M- I don't like all her movies. Like uh, American Hustle, I thought that was dumb. Um, yeah, but I do like Passengers, the one she did with Chris Pratt. Um, I I really like Passengers. That gets a bad rep on uh, by by critics. It does, and but to me, it was pretty well it's done. It's a really good because it's 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 two people. So for a lot of the movie, Chris Pratt is just acting by himself. Yeah, and which that takes talent, like just like uh, Tom Hanks in Castaway, and then Jennifer Lawrence's character comes around, comes along, and two people acting together, you know. And then you have Martin it's Sheen. It's not like a big ensemble or anything. Yeah, not Martin Sheen. No, is that his name? Uh, no, yeah, uh, no, it's uh, Sheen. Oh, something Sheen. Martin Sheen. Michael Sheen. Yeah. Michael Sheen. Play, he plays the robot. Yeah. Michael Sheen. Yeah, yeah he, play, he plays the robot. So you know, those are the three characters you see the most on screen, and then Andy and Garcia then popping shows up. up. And Lawrence Fishburne and Andy and Thirty seconds of the movie. He says one Andy thing. Garcia, like, okay. Wait, he doesn't even Why say anything. Why is Andy does he? Garcia here? I don't. I don't think he says anything. He's just he, there. He is, and done. His, movie's over. His name is Captain Norris. I'm throwing that out there. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, it, it's a great movie, and I, I, I agree. I went and saw it in theaters with my father-in-law, John. I did too. It, it, it was, it was a great movie, and yeah, and then we watched it together uh, before we uh, flew out to um, Vegas. Uh, that yeah, year. Yeah. So um yep. it's a, it is a great movie and I do like Jennifer Lawrence in it. And as much as I'm not an overly huge fan of the movies themselves, I liked her portrayal of Katniss Everdeen in The Hunger Games. I did too. I thought those were good. I I, I liked the movies. Uh, having I just actually rewatched those. Movies. Having read the uh books, you know, it's one of those See, things do the that. movies <laughs> The, the movies did not live up to and Gary Ross almost for, ruined the first one for me with his shaky camera work everywhere like dude keep that so camera still everybody always says especially our mother always says oh I have to read the, the movie's never as good as the book I always hear that so I mean not that I would anyways because I'm not a huge reader but that's why I don't want to read the books because I'm a movie person I want to watch the movie you know and I don't want to know how different it was in the book. Well, uh, you can't you can't be a movie fan and then expect to walk into a movie based, or you can't be a book fan and expect to walk into a movie 
based on said book and expect it to be a hundred percent of that book. Because I mean, with books, you've got so many opportunities to go into all these details about things and stuff like that. You can take these side stories in a movie. You're compressed for time. So, you know, you know, thinking of Harry Potter franchise here, you know, the movies, if you, if you remove the books from the equations, the movies are not bad at all. The movies are great. Yeah. And even if I even if I were to put the books back into the equation, the movies did a decent job with what they could do. I mean, you can't page for page, word for word, turn a book into a movie. Although I have developed in my head a series on how to turn Harry Potter word for word into a TV <laughs> series. Interesting. Yes, uh, it's I've been developing in my head for the past year. Um, nice. It'll it'll never happen, um, but uh, it, it is possible with like television series and stuff like that. Not like Game of Thrones because George R. R. Martin likes to write epic times a million books, and so you're never going to be able to capture everything that he puts into a book, even into a TV series. But a books like Harry Potter could very easily one book could be a season. So you you've you've got you've got seven seasons worth of TV material, but when you're talking about movies, you're talking about you have almost two and a half hours, and anything longer than about two and a half two forty five, you're losing people. So you've got this two right. and a half yeah. two and a, two hour and forty five minute time mark to try to squeeze in as much as you can, and so you got to make cuts, you got to make sacrifices and stuff like that, and you're always going to never be a hundred percent satisfied with those cuts and sacrifices that the filmmakers make in order to bring forth that final product. Case in point, Half Blood Prince, uh, Harry Potter the sixth movie, they cut so much of what we as fans believe was important, pertinent storyline. But in the end, you have to understand why they cut it. Because then when you go into episode seven part, or not episode seven, why am I calling it episode seven? Uh, Deathly Hallows part one and part two, you know, they split it in two movies so they can get as much of the book in there as possible. But then when you realize that they... They were at least keeping the continuity of what they decided to cut from six into seven. So you can at least appreciate that they they made these hard decisions, but they kept they they rolled with those decisions. So you just gotta you gotta yeah. appreciate that. And there are actual movies, in my opinion, that do better than the book. Uh, I know you're not a big reader. I, I read Jane Austen. And if you've ever tried to read Sense and Sensibility, it is a very confusing story. Um, the storyline is just kind of mumbled, muffled up. But Emma Thompson came out and she wrote a screenplay based off of this book, Sense and Sensibility. And it starred her, Kate Winslet, Alan Rickman, um, and Hugh Grant. The movie is so much better than the book. Like, I love watching the movie because I can actually understand the story. You know, so th- right. there are examples of where the movie outdoes the book. But for the most part, you're never going to get 100% outdoing the book. Right. Yeah. What were we so talking about? a couple about? of honorable mentions I had. <laughs> we were talking about actors. Okay. Uh I have a couple honorable mentions that could easily be in the top five. Okay. Interchangeable. Okay. Thing, like like days 
Uh, Morgan Freeman. Morgan Freeman. Ooh, that's a good one. Um, Heath Ledger. Uh, okay. You don't like Heath Ledger? No. Really? No. Okay. Why is that? I, I've never been a huge fan of his movies. I, you know, I love him as the Joker. Phenomenal. Um, I liked him in 10 Things I Hate About You, uh, stuff like that. But for the most part, I've uh, he was good in The Patriot. But uh, like A Knight's Tale, I can't stand that movie. Are you? St- I love A Knight's no, Tale. It's such a funny movie. I can't. I, I, I can't get on board oh. with it. Um, and he's just been in other movies that I just really like. Eh, nah, nah. Uh, I've never seen Brokeback Mountain. I heard it was good. Um, I, I, I heard he either. and Jake Gyllenhaal were you know great in that movie. But I've just it's it's not that I don't want to watch it for the material. I've just never actually sat down and been interested in watching that movie from beginning to end. Uh, I don't know. Just Heath Ledger isn't just doesn't do it for me. Quite honestly. Not to say he's a bad actor. So another honorable mention, uh, which I don't even know if it's honorable mention, is he could be top three easy. Uh, Steve Martin. Ah, that's a good one. I love Steve, Steve Martin. Steve Martin is awesome. I like that. That's a good honorable mention. And another movie honorable mention, which could easily be in my top five as well. And I, for some reason, this movie, I could just sit down whenever, watch this movie and be perfectly happy. The Martian. I don't know what it is about that movie, but I love that movie. I agree with you. The Martian is a fantastic movie. I it really gave it really gave Matt Damon a chance to shine. It in my yeah. opinion, like he's and that's another movie. I, like we were just talking about with uh with um Tom Hanks and with Chris Pratt, where you're playing by yourself, you're acting by yourself. Yeah, because there's you have nobody to feed off of. Yeah, it, and that's when you you show how good of an actor you are. When you have nobody else to feed off of, and you're just acting, mm-hmm. uh, it just—that's probably one of my favorite Matt Damon roles, quite honestly. Aside oh, yeah, from the too, Ocean's like trilogy, so yeah, I can I agree with that. Good honorable mention for for I think that's all I, got. I like Danny Glover a lot. <laughs> I liked, <laughs> I liked. All right, so I finally sat down and watched this uh, Jumanji sequel. Uh, I think like a couple weeks ago, and uh, yeah. I have to admit, not a great movie. But I did enjoy Danny Glover and um, Danny DeVito in their care- in their roles. Oh, yeah. They they and were the best part. I liked I liked uh, she was funny. Kevin Hart doing his his uh, his Danny Glover. Oh yeah, <laughs> no, that was that was perfect. Quite honestly, yeah. he, Kevin Hart nailed that. That was awesome. Yeah, he did. Um, so another actor who I've always liked and who I think has the best comedic timing is Ryan Reynolds. Yes, I was just talking about this last night. Yes, absolutely. He he before Deadpool and all that. One of my Van Wilder his his, his facial expressions, he doesn't even say anything. His facial expressions do all the acting for him. Absolutely. Yeah. And the fact that he can deliver these hilarious lines and he just his face doesn't even twitch half the time. Yeah, and you're right. It's the timing of how he delivers the lines too. One of my favorite films of his is Waiting. Yeah, and it's just he's a phenomenal actor, and again, a little underrated. I mean, oh, he's I a agree, mainstream yeah. actor. He's an A-list actor, but I feel like he's underrated for an A-list actor. For my top five, Tom Hanks is at the number one. So that's something you and I definitely agree on. Tom Hanks is just 
I love Tom Hanks movies. I would have to say Sandra Bullock comes in at number two. I, I will sit down and watch a Sandra Bullock movie all day, except for um that one bird bird whatever it is on Netflix. <laughs> bird Eye or Birdman or bird no, Nest. Not Birdman. Bird, uh, is that bird nest? I have no idea what bird it's something. called. Yeah, I don't know. You know bird box. Bird box. Bird box. Yeah, I will not watch that movie. Um, I like me some Sandra Bullock. Uh, Ryan Reynolds is definitely going to be in the top five for me, just because of waiting. Um, the Deadpool movies. Uh, just Friends is my, one of my absolute favorite movies. Of oh, just his. Friends is funny. It is so <laughs> great. Him and uh. Amy Smart's nice to look at too. Yeah, uh, him, Amy Smart, yeah. Chris Chris Klein is hilarious in this. I movie. like Chris Klein. He's another underrated yeah. actor, and he's not in that many things either. No, he's not. Like, like outside the, of American Pie, after the American yeah American Pie franchise, he just kind of didn't do much. Yeah, uh, he he is a he is a terrific um, little act. and then of course I like um I like the mom in that movie and I can't think of her name all of a sudden something Haggerty. I can't even think of who it is. I can't even picture. Uh, she was in uh. Airplane. Uh, she was in What About Bob as a uh, okay. Richard Dreyfus's wife. Oh, I can't think of her name. Something Haggerty. Um, but uh, Ryan Reynolds definitely going to be in that uh, list there. Julie Haggerty. Julie Haggerty. Yes, very. I know who you're talking about now. Yeah, very good, Julie Haggerty. Um, okay, so this is probably going to seem. Very weird, but I, I need everybody to roll with it. <laughs> I like George Clooney. I like George Clooney, too. I do. Uh, he's made some questionable roles in his career. I mean, what actor hasn't? Uh, I've been very outspoken against From Dusk Till Dawn. But he makes some great, great, great films outside of his little political films that he does and stuff like that. Uh, but, you know, like Men Who Stare Goats. Phenomenal. Yeah. Um, Oh, brother, where art thou? I mean, seriously, the, he he's just, he's this great actor. And of course, Oceans, uh, the Oceans movies. He's a great actor, and I do enjoy watching him. And then finally, another kind of oddball pick for me, Joe Pesci. Oh, really? Nice. Yes. I, I can't think of a Joe Pesci movie I hate. There isn't a Joe Pesci movie I hate. From Home Alone to Casino to um, that uh, Harvard movie. What is it? Stealing Harvard? Yeah. Um, with him and Brendan Fraser, uh, and even no, no, that's not no, that's not Stealing Harvard. Harvard uh, Stealing Harvard uh, with, with, uh, with honors, Lee. with honors. That's what it's called. With honors, yeah, there yeah, you yeah. go. Sorry, not Stealing Harvard. Um, so with honors with Brendan Fraser, uh, all the way up to the Irishman that came out this last year. You know, I just I Irishman's love good, I like I, it. it's great movie. Another great dialogue movie. Um, yeah, I like Joe Pesci. Oh, and my cousin Vinny. Who can forget my cousin Vinny? My cousin Vinny. <laughs> uh, so, oh, so, yeah. oh, so, I was about to throw a couple more actors in my in my favors. <laughs> I just thought of right now. Well, so go ahead. What am Lonesome Dove? Such a I don't know if you call it a movie or a show or what, but it's like a mini such a good series, I guess. Yeah, but Robert Duvall, I love Robert Duvall. He's a good actor. He's good, and I actually really like Will Smith a lot too. Uh, I don't agree with you there, but. <laughs> I like I, again. Will Smith is one of those actors where I kind of like movies he's been in. Like I love, I like Men in Black and stuff like that. Um, like I Am Legend, was such a good movie. Yeah, I know, that's another one where it's just him basically acting by himself. Mm-hmm. I just, I can't get on the Will Smith train. I really can't. 
but hey, I, I don't have to like it. every actor out there, right? Uh, there are good movies he does. I, I liked Ali, and I liked him as a uh, what is it, Deadshot in Suicide Squad. He was kind of annoying, but he was okay in that movie. Eh, Suicide Squad sucks. It did suck. I, I, although I'm very <laughs> anxious to see uh, James Gunn, James Gunn's vision of Suicide Squad. So. Well, I've had fun talking about movies in general and going over some top lists with you. This has been a fun episode. Uh, I've had the chance to get on my soapbox a little bit, and anytime I get on my soapbox, I'm a happy person. Um, so the next movie that you and I will be talking about, I was just looking at the list here, is Apollo 13. So that'll be coming up in the next um, few episodes after this. And yeah. Cool. Cool, cool. That's well, it's been fun. It has been fun. So until next time, uh, we will do this again. So, guys, thank you for joining us on this journey. And uh, I'm not, I'm not holding out any hope that this pandemic has ended. So uh, y'all probably still aren't going to the movies. So sit on your couches, turn on Netflix, HBO Max, Hulu, whatever you watch, and then enjoy some movies. And I'll see you next time. <laughs>